Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Ido Vok. You're listening to World Review from the New Statesman, a twice-weekly international news podcast. Every Thursday, we come together to unpack some of the most significant stories in world affairs, and every Monday, we interview a guest for their unique perspective and expertise. Today, I'm speaking to Jumanis Seif, the co-founder of the Syrian Women's Network and Syrian Women Political Movement. Jumana is a research fellow in the International Crimes and Accountability Programme at the European Centre for Constitutional and Human Rights. And she joins me to discuss a landmark case in attempts to hold former Syrian regime officials to account for war crimes. Jumana, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you very much for this opportunity. So I invited you on to speak about this incredibly interesting and significant case that we saw deliver a verdict earlier this month in Koblenz in Germany, where two Syrian former Syrian regime officials were convicted for crimes against humanity committed in Syria. Can you explain the background to this case and how these two men ended up going on trial in Germany? Yes, I think uh, it's the result of uh, joint efforts started years ago. And the main role was, or the main important role was for uh, survivors themselves, those brave uh, women and men who spoke out and say, and despite the challenges, despite the, really the pain that they uh, will suffer from, they uh, insisted to, to be a part of this proceeding and to speak out before a court. Uh, this effort started years ago, and as we at ECCHR, we supported 29 survivors in this trial. And uh, we uh, support them with legal support, psychosocial support to empower them to be in this uh, situation. The work of of ECCHR and the investigation started in 2012 when parallel with the structural investigation, which was opened from the federal public prosecutor, 
here in Germany 2012, we started to secure the interview, secure the evidence. And this work uh, increased with 2015 when a lot of Syrians arrived here to Germany. And so it's like the, the uh, evidence started to be bigger and we accumulated all this evidence. Later, uh, a lot of survivors or some of them they recognize that R is here in Germany and he's the one responsible, was responsible on Al-Khatib trial where they really uh, were subjected of horrific crimes there. So it started, we are working years ago on that and prepare for the trial. And uh, yes, with all these joint efforts from everyone, we, we managed to have this, yeah, I think, good result. As this result, it really made the survivor themselves satisfied. And also they felt or they helped them with restore their uh, faith of justice. And this is a kind of landmark mm-hmm. case in the in the Syrian civil war and the attempts to hold former regime officials, but not only former regime officials, war criminals on, on all sides, to account for the horrific crimes very well documented um, to have been committed during the civ- Syrian civil war. But it's, I suppose, a, a kind of legal partic- peculiarity, a legal peculiarity of this trial is that it was conducted by German judges in a German court in Germany against two defendants who were not Germans for crimes that no one said were committed uh, in Germany or against Germans. So they were brought to, these two men were brought to trial and eventually convicted under universal jurisdiction because basically German law views these crimes as so horrific that irrespective of where or against whom they they were committed if they can be proven they can be that they can be brought to to trial in germany can you talk about that aspect a little yes yeah unfortunately the these international crimes because it the, it is it was committed or started to be committed in a widespread and systematic ma- uh, manner against the the syrian the civilians there from 2011 and unfortunately we had no legal path to prosecute these uh, crimes and to investigate these crimes so we grateful to the German legal authority that allow to uh, utilizing the universal jurisdiction and here in Germany. And it is, I think it's a big step. It's very important for the Syrian, for all of us and for the survivor in terms of truth knowing to investigate these crimes, also to speak out and to let the whole world knows about the crime committed there and which is still continue. And um, here with a huge uh, number of the uh, survivors that they were subjected to this crime, it was very, very useful in, in terms of providing this evidence and also the international reports and the reports from the human rights NGOs, which started to document all the crimes committed there from 2011 and until this. 
and many other evidence were presented to the court. All these helped to really to bring and to understand the whole context in Syria and the way of the commissions of this crime and the, the reason behind and the, all these other details. So that's how it provides really some hope to the Syrian that this crime won't be and this suffers won't be or without uh, accountability. And uh, to give a very strong sign that impunity is uh, acceptable anymore. And also the, the, it's the responsibility of the whole world, the responsibility of the democratic country to, to really to prosecute and to investigate and prosecute this international crime who started in Syria 2011 and until now. Yeah, we'll talk about the significance of the verdict in just a second. But I, I suppose we haven't really spoken about what these two men were were convicted for. They were charged with some pretty horrific crimes in connection with um, with their work at a branch of Syrian a prison run by Syrian military intelligence near Damascus, which is called Branch Two Hundred Fifty One. Can you talk about the crimes that they were accused of and uh, and proven guilty of? Yes, the crimes. Yeah, it's murder. And uh, it's proof it's uh, a 27 case of murder, 4,000 case of torture and sexual violence, three cases of sexual violence as a crime against humanity. And we here, when we are talking about this crime, not to forget that we are uh, focusing on such a very short period from 2011 and 2012 and in uh, committed in one uh, single branch that out of tens of other branches. So the, with this amount of crimes and with this the description of the these horrific crimes and the way that were committed give an, an, an idea about the, the amount uh, of the crimes that committed by the Syrian regime in, in whole Syria and also in other branches in Syria and give, yeah, it's the idea and uh, let the whole world uh, knows about the reality there and about the, the Syrian uh, people. So I think that this trial and the verdict, it's managed to shed a light about what is going on in Syria and what has happened there and still happening there. And we, we hope that will, will be, this will be a strong uh, base for more efforts for really for struggling for, for justice in, in Syria. Yeah, because of course, one of the things that was proven by this verdict is that these two men who were convicted in a fair court of law, they were convicted for crimes against humanity, but of course, they were working within a system. And so by by proving that these two men were guilty of crimes against humanity, you were what the prosecution effectively managed to prove was the existence of a system which these two men were working within and committing crimes within. This is the the, uh, the most important things for the Syrian in general and the survivor and what uh, they really said many times. It's not about the punishment. It's not about the revenge, but it's about to to clarify and to show the whole system 
And here with this verdict, yani in the way of uh, proving the responsibility of the defendant and themselves, the court had to prove all the, the, the crimes and the system and the way they were committed and the responsible of the, that and the whole to, to examine the whole torture system and state torture uh, system. And also that it's includes the included in the verdict itself and in, in the statement, which is very important. It started with the verdict, started with 1970 and to explain the nature or the conduct of the Assad regime and the way they arrest people, they arrest the civilians, tortured them, dealing uh, with them and the treatment in the detention facilities of the Assad regime and how torture used to really to press and the civilians, the survivors, the activists there. So all these, it's very important information as yeah for as a truth knowing for all the the, the Syrians. Wherever you are in the world, if you're interested in global affairs, you can subscribe to the New Statesman on digital, in print, or both for as little as one pound a week at newstatesman.com/slash-subscribe. That's just $2 a week in America. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There are now hundreds of thousands of Syrians who live in Europe. Obviously, the, the vast majority are refugees who are fleeing um, war and the utter desperation of the Syrians of war. But a small number are accused of being implicated in war crimes, whether on the side of the regime or on any other side in the Syrian civil war, virtually all of which are, are guilty of war crimes to some degree. Are we going to see more of these kinds of trials of people? Obviously, we can't try people who are in Syria because for obvious reasons, but we can potentially try people under u- universal jurisdiction in countries which 
are prepared to do that, such as Germany, which has now proven it, proven its willingness to do that, but also other countries with universal jurisdiction like Norway. I think now here in Germany and also in other European countries like Norway, Sweden, they have now big data about uh, the the crimes committed in Syria. And there there are many investigations which are opened now. So I think it's, uh, and we hope that that will lead to to have more trials and in in, in Germany and in, in other countries, and uh, to also to prosecute other perpetrators from all sides. But we know that the the horrific crimes started and the uh, number of the crimes committed by Assad regime itself as a state torture, it's a huge. And nowadays, I feel that I believe that this verdict, it's also put this the justice issue or this justice case on the table and also shed a light about the necessity of the justice for all Syrians. We hope that we'll have more or further steps on this on that level. And all of that, all these efforts, I think, will pave the way to have the transitional justice in the future. And we are now putting like a building, start to build a strong base, if we can say, for the future. And this is the, the hope. And here with this trial, I think we are protected the the narrative of the Syrian. We are protected the information, the memory of the Syrian that these evidence one uh, disappeared, one uh, go for in vain. So that's what we hope as a Syrian to really see more steps, more effort for for achieving justice for the Syrian. Do you see European governments, which may be hosting thousands of, of Syrians in their countries ever since 2015. Do you see maybe a kind of unwillingness to rock the boat and to want to bring up crimes of that may have been committed in, in the past, but that some people might want to put behind them? Do they do? Are, are, in other words, are European countries trying to really push this forward and really hold people to account for crimes that have been committed in Syria? Or is there a sense that not only is these very difficult to prove, they also might be destabilizing for a lot of very vulnerable communities and people. We know that it's all these investigation, all these efforts, justice efforts, needs uh, a lot of resources and uh, a lot of investigation it's from abroad and and it's not easy to to really to investigate and to prosecute the, these international crimes and therefore that we are thankful and appreciated the, the efforts here in in germany but i think nowadays after having this big data and after interviewed the hundreds of thousands of Syrian who were subjected to this crime, I think nowadays it's much easier than before that in general it's, and especially after the Koblenz verdict, Al-Khatib verdict, because now it's the whole context, it's clearer, it's the evidence and have been examined by a court and they can build on, on, on that. So I think it, it's a very important step 
but should be followed with uh, other steps in, in the future. And yeah, I, I, I think and I hope, and that's what I've always in, in, in the international level, they always express, and the European countries, they express their willingness to put more efforts on, on, on justice and uh, yeah, accountability and fighting impunity. And yeah, and this is, we hope that will lead to really very visible steps and then they can you really touch all the Syrian and the Syrian they uh, will feel satisfaction with it and they yeah because as we've heard from a lot of Syrians and this trial really restored our faith in injustice so we hope that will be continued and will more efforts will be done especially by the European countries. Just one final question. We've spoken about this, one of the most significant aspects of this trial, which is that it proves the existence of a system of torture and mass murder in a kind of legal sense. But of course, politically now, there are questions as to how to engage with the Assad regime, which has won all but one militarily on the battlefield and which, if it appeared insecure in its hold on power a few years ago, very much does not appear like that anymore. And so there's a real question as to how to how to deal with it, with the, the reality that the Assad regime appears to be secure in power and will still be around. What does this trial and potentially more that might come after it, what does that mean for the Assad regime's attempts to gain diplomatic recognition and rebuild diplomatic ties and trade links and maybe travel and, and so on, Re rejoin the international system? Yes, I think and I believe that this trial and the verdict and with the whole facts included it's a very strong evidence to be to, to put it on the face of all those people or all that country that they trying or they think of normalization uh, of the Assad regime. Criminals regime, the Assad should not be acceptable in the international communities. And this verdict with it already proved, you know, the horrific crimes committed uh, systematically in Syria. We are struggling that to to not allow this step to 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 happen, to struggling to not make it uh, easy for the regime to be uh, accepted and to be recognized as like in the future. So we, as a Syrian, millions of Syrian, they really suffered from this regime and from the crimes committed in, in detention facilities and also other crimes like the chemical weapons, like all other weapons, they were used against the civilians. That this kind of regime should not be acceptable, shouldn't be the argument with uh, on in the international level. So I think the legal struggle, it's very important nowadays because we through this struggle, we can prove, and we already with Goblin's verdict, we proved that Assad regime is a criminal regime and shouldn't be not be accepted in the future of Syria. And if we are looking, we are really aiming for 
peace, for uh, sustainable peace, criminals should not be part of this for the future. Jumana, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. This has been World Review from the New Statesman. You can read all our international coverage on newstatesman.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating. It really does help. Our producer has been Adrian Bradley. The team will be back on Thursday. I'm Ido Vok. Thanks for listening and until next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.